Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining the Colin Karcher podcast today. So excited to bring you again better, awesome information about raising your kids, resiliency, turning them into fire breathers in this crazy world they're growing up in. Uh, so excited for my topic today and for my guest today. Uh, we are talking about something that is, uh, my gosh, it's it's a, a, a huge issue with teenagers that are then becoming adults and then adults becoming older adults. Um, and it's hopefully something that we can all talk about today. I have a special guest who's going to join me, who's an expert in this field. Uh, and before I have her come on, I'm going to share real quick. Um, a few months ago, I was invited. So I live in Utah and I was invited to speak to our big church. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was invited to speak to the entire church auxiliary, which is basically the heads of uh, and their boards and things like that. And it was really cool. I was able to speak in front of them talking about teenagers and social media and mental health. And the guy who spoke after me, and I forgot his name, and I should have looked him up. Sorry if you're listening, but he was the, he's the head of counseling and therapy at uh, the Brigham Young University here in Provo. And I talked to him, and he said, oh, maybe five to eight years ago, I think he said they had maybe th- it was like three full-time therapists uh, on staff or uh, mental health experts on staff to help the college kids. And in the last five years or so, it's like quadrupled and they can't even keep up. And in his presentation, uh, he said the number one thing that these freshmen, uh, mainly freshmen and sophomores in college come into them, come into their office, complain, not complaining about, but sharing their struggles is self-esteem, feelings of worthlessness. He said, I cannot tell you how many beautiful, smart, these are kids who got into a very good school, who have very good families for the most part. Uh, he, he said, I cannot believe the uptick, it just skyrocketing of, of teenagers that are now freshmen in college and sophomores that are coming in, lining down the hallways and, and, and saying, just feeling absolutely no self-esteem, no self-worth, feelings of worthlessness, which of course can lead to really scary things, anxiety, depression, suicide ideation, self-harm. And uh, our goal, my whole goal was starting to save the kids was to save kids. That's why I called it that and save kids and save lives. And I've realized that if we want to uh, decrease teen suicide and all these issues, we have got to get down the ladder to where kids are falling off the rails. And that's what, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, where they're you know, uh, not learning how to cope and a lot of things with self-esteem and social media and all this stuff. And so I'm really excited today. We're going to talk and have a great conversation about self-esteem and self-confidence and what that is and how as parents and as kids, as parents especially, how we can raise kids to be confident, not arrogant. We're going to talk about the difference between the two. A lot of people are like, well, my daughter, she's she's so narcissistic. It's like, well, no, she's not. She's just like, she's awesome. She's confident. Like, that's what I have three girls and my guest has three girls uh, who are teenagers. And so I'm really happy to talk about this. I think you're going to learn a whole lot. I'm really happy. Uh, so with me is Siri Payne. Now, Siri is a coach. Uh, she's a mom. She's an educator. Uh, lives here in Utah and a parent of three teenage girls, certified life coach. Uh, who's dedicated her life to teaching about this and about self-confidence and self-esteem. So thank you so much, Siri. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got to get up to the microphone. Yeah. Get right up. Put your lips on it. It's COVID approved. (laughs) I've sanitized it. Awesome. So thanks for coming out here and for uh, reaching out. Um, This is a huge topic. I can't tell you how many times I've gone uh, to assemblies and it's always in middle schools. Uh, when I, when I'm done speaking and just, I get lines of girls lined up just bawling and I'm talking about really, you know, intense stuff and it, and it sparks a lot of emotion, but just so many amazing kids 
feeling like they have nothing. They're, they're worth, they feel worthless. And, and I'm trying to figure out, like, how do we fix this? So let's just kick it off by talking about what is this concept of self-confidence and self-esteem? So define this for us in your terms. Right. That's a great question. Because for some reason, I think we are scared in our society to admit that we have self-confidence. Yeah. We are scared to say like, I'm a self-confident person. Or as you said, the person's like, my children are arrogant rather than being like, no, they're confident. They know what they want. They are assertive. Because you come off as, if you're confident as a man, you come off as this type A personality. But if you're confident as a woman, there's horrible terms for that person, yeah. right? They, Instead of the type A, it's type B. Maybe, you're a right? type B. Yeah. <laughs> what a B. It's like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Keep yeah. Going. So I think we're, for some reason we are scared to admit that, yeah. but really self-confidence is nothing more than just being secure in yourself and in your abilities. So it's your ability to trust yourself, yeah. your ability to do what you're going, like what you say you're going to do and your just ability to try your best. And then self-image, I think they go hand in hand, but that's how you see yourself. Okay. So it's the stories that you're telling yourself, like how you are, how you act, the things that you react to. Mm -hmm. That's that story. So a self-confident person per se is just someone that may think that they're nice or dependable yeah. or trustworthy, yeah, yeah. right? They might think that they're strong. I mean, they might even think that they're pretty or a good mom or a good student, but there's, they don't. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? No. I mean, there's nothing wrong with feeling pretty and feeling confident and feeling strong and saying like, I'm awesome. Like there's nothing wrong with this. No. And it's because that they are that not compared to. So like, I'm not prettier than it's just, okay. I'm prettier and they're pretty, not I'm prettier, but I'm pretty and they're pretty, yeah. right? Like we all can be those things and so can other people. Gotcha. So I think being self-confident, as I said, it does get a bad rap because we think that if we are self-confident or show that way, people will think we're self-absorbed or yeah. cocky or something of that nature. And it really is the exact comp, like the exact opposite. Yeah. Because if you are a confident person, you're actually thinking more of others. So someone that is that self-centered or cocky or that self-absorbed person, they're thinking more about themselves. Yeah. So they're trying to act and they're trying to show up in a way that they think will get other people's approval and they're not doing what they want to do for them. Yeah. So getting, getting validation from other people, letting them tell you, Hey, you're a good person. You're, you're good looking. Look how awesome you are because they're not instilling it themselves. Right. Cause they don't believe that. And I think that's a lot of reasons why, as you mentioned, like the high school or the college freshmen and yeah. sophomores, they tend to, from what I've heard in this particular story that you were talking about, yeah. they tend to base their confidence on their good grades and their work ethic and their ACT scores. And they probably had some great talents because to get into the sure. school, you have to be well-rounded in a lot of areas. And then they get there and they're just as is amazing as everybody else that's they're hard. not better yeah. than and so they they don't know how to just be amazing with other people because they spent their whole life kind of seeking that outside validation yeah. and maybe not even on purpose but they just don't know how to just be amazing along with other people and that we all can just be great and they don't have mom there or dad there to say you're doing a great job on every single step of the way and there's no more eighth place trophies <laughs> right. and things like that yeah i remember when i went to a big i mean i went to one of these amazing schools and i was one of the dumbest kids there it was hard it was hard when you go walk out of the testing center and you see your grades and people are fist pumping and yeah, what's up, aced it. And I'm like, ooh, a 48 out of a hundred again. Like it's hard and it ruined. It was it was hard on me. And this was way before. This is well before you know social media was thrown to the mix too. Which is a, a good a good thing Which that they get so to work on better. too, right? Yeah. yeah, I also think that 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 self absorbed person, mm -hmm. again, they're just thinking more about others. 
and what others think about them or they're thinking about themselves inside. Like, how do I appear if I do this? How do I look in this outfit or whatever? So they don't have the capacity to think about other people. They're just really wrapped up inside of their, their selves. Okay. That makes sense. So self-absorbed, uh, being full of yourself, thinking more about what other people think, obviously, is this something that is, is this something that is like nurture nature? I've always wanted that. Uh, does, do confident parents breed confident kids? Is it vice versa? Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of kids' personalities and how they treat and feel about themselves comes from how they see their own parents treating themselves as parents, right? Right. And I think it probably is a little bit of both. I think they come to earth a certain way and then we can either foster, you know, the confidence or foster that lack of confidence depending on maybe how we how we show up as the example to them, but also maybe how we parent them. If we're saying, good job, your straight A's are perfect, you're amazing, yeah. you're really fostering that instead of saying like, I see that you're studying well, I see that you're catching on, or I appreciate that you actually have a part-time job along with your studies. And But if we're only focusing on certain areas, especially the areas that they succeed in, if they don't succeed one day, have they lost all that confidence to be able to yeah. be that kid that is amazing because they have straight A's. That makes sense. And it's hard to see when kids have been have had everything they do has been said. It's perfect. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best on the team. You're the fastest there. You're the smartest kid. Uh, when they lose that identity, right? Um, let's say, I mean, I've, I've heard a story. I actually know the family of a high schooler who was one of the top track athletes at the high school. He's going, I think it was number two in the state of Arizona and was going to go on a full track scholarship. And then, uh, you know, lost his track scholarship because of some bad decisions. And when he lost that, I, part of his identity that was told, you are the best at this, you're the best at this forever. Uh, he made some horrible choice afterwards. Was you know, um, And so making sure that that is not part of the identity. And so I like that. So, you, so, when, so when my daughter does something really awesome, I'm not complimenting her on how awesome. Oh, you're the best one on the, on the drum. So my oldest does a uh, music theater. You're the best singer there. You got the best voice. She was doing auditions just a few days ago. And I'm like, Oh, you're so awesome. You got the prettiest voice. You're going to crush it. What should I be saying to her instead? Is it, Oh, I, I like how much you're practicing. You yeah, seem like, like you're I, really trying hard. Yeah, I like the courage that you demonstrated mm. to go up there. I love to hear you singing for the last few days and really preparing for that. You know, mm. I know it's scary, but you really, you really tried hard and I'm proud of you for just getting up there and doing it. Cause there's the kid next to next door that didn't even have the courage yeah. to get up there and, and do it. Very good. Awesome. Okay. Well, keep going with this. Cause I like, I like this train of thought that we're on here talking about confidence, full of yourself versus self-absorbed. Um, keep going on this part. Right. Well, so I think we probably have talked a lot about it, just that a person with self-confidence doesn't think they're better than other people, mm-hmm. right? That person that gets up on the musical theater stage, which is what my girls do too. Cool. They don't think they're better than anyone there. They just think they're good enough or they have courage enough to be up there to try, yeah. right? They're confident in their own skin and I love this, that we are lovable by design and mm-hmm. not by decision. What does that mean? Like we came to earth lovable. We came to earth. Like I believe that we are children of a creator, right? A children of God. We came here worthy enough to do it. We don't have to decide if we are or let someone else decide for us yeah. if we are. We can just be lovable and good and worthy yeah. and capable just because we're here on this earth. I think it's so important that we remind that to our kids because in a world where so many young people and adults are looking for external sources to tell them that they're lovable or worthy or good enough or pretty enough in a world that's getting more and more vain and all about being perfect and perfect. I think if, if the, if the kids don't know 
that they can't get that confidence from us telling them, where else are they going to get it from? Right. And well, and it needs to start with inside of themselves yeah. because if they don't believe it, it wouldn't matter what you say or the hot yeah. boy in the school. Like they, if someone says you're amazing at that, if they don't believe it, it wouldn't matter. So what do parents do if you have a daughter, you have a son who no matter what you tell them, no matter what you say, they're just not believing you. And I, I hear parents say that all the time. Like my, my son is so depressed. My daughter is so depressed. They're so awesome. And I tell them all the time how beautiful they are. And they're constantly worried and saying they're not pretty or they're constantly this. Or now they're, they told me they have now an eating disorder or they're, you know, they're not eating. What, what can parents do in those situations? I think maybe the first step of really uncovering that or identifying, you know, the confidence level is just become aware of what you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. So you could even stop and ask yourself as the parent, but in this situation, as you're talking about your child, just stop and ask, what do you think about yourself? Yeah. Right. And really do this right now. Like I'm really asking you as a listener, not what you think other people think of you, yeah. but what do you think of you? Yeah. You know, what do you really believe yourself, believe about yourself? And that would be really important to uncover in these children that are having a hard time and saying that they have these eating disorders and anxiety and, and lack of confidence. And they're yeah. telling you this, what, what does, what do they think that means? Yeah. And does that mean that they're less than, does that mean, what are they making it mean? And you can't tell a kid at that age, well, just don't worry what people think. You can't say that to them. I mean, you can, but you they're can. Not, it doesn't. <laughs> they're going to say how, they're, right? They're gonna, what? what? Oh, okay, thanks. That's all I need to hear. You know, now suddenly I don't care what people think. Well, because what you think of yourself depletes or it generates your your self-esteem. Yeah. So what they are thinking is more important than what someone else is thinking because confidence is a feeling mm -hmm. and self-confidence is a feeling about yourself. Okay. So because all of our feelings come from our own brain, yeah. right, our own thoughts, that's why it's so important to know what you think about yourself. Because even if everyone thinks that person is amazing and the parents do and the kids do, if they're not thinking it, then it wouldn't matter what people are telling them, as I said. Yeah. And there, and there's it. a thin, there's a slippery slope, like you're saying, where if you're, if you're overcompensating as a parent, if you have a child who, f you know, they're hard on themselves, right? I have four kids and one of them is really hard on herself and she's like the most athletic kid we have. Um, if you're overcompensating by always telling, no, stop worrying about it. You're so much, you're better than this. You're, you know, you're good. You're, is that going to eventually, are they going to get it? Is that going to change their mind about themselves? Or is this something they have to do on their own? You know, I'm sure it's probably that same, a little bit of both, but really they have to start believing it on their own, right? You can tell them like, what's the point of worrying about it? Is it going to make you a better player or is it yep. going to make you get a better grade? And it's actually the opposite. If you go into a test and you're really worried and you're really afraid and you're telling yourself I'm, that you're going to bomb it, those feelings, those thoughts that you're, that you're, that you're breeding into that test are going to create you to feel so much more tense yep. and so much like l not able to create the test score that you want to, yeah. or that you're capable of doing it because you are worried. And so really it's just allowing that child. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later. It's just confidence is like being afraid and like still doing it anyways. And knowing that we might fail, but that's part of the process. That's we learn from those. I think, yeah, we need to stop worrying about failing. Right. Right. Well, cause you can learn so much from yeah. your fails that if you could just say you're either learning or growing, there's yeah. not really a failure. Yeah. You know, I tell you, I like, sometimes I work with moms that want to lose weight and let's say they have the goal to lose like 25 pounds in a certain time period. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe at that time period that they identified, they've only lost 20 pounds. So did they fail? 
you know, technically they failed the big 25 pound goal, but what did they learn about themselves? What kind of confidence did they develop? Yeah. What kind of skills, you know, they showed that they can do hard things, stay committed, work on themselves. So is it really a fail? Yeah. No, because they learned how to do. One thing I learned is that, is that there's a way of thinking of when you're setting goals, let's say you want to overcome something or you want to gain something. There's, there's a linear way of thinking and then there's a circular way of thinking. And the linear way, the linear way is that thinking was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I wanted to get 25 pounds or whatever the goal is. And I only got to 20. So none of the 20 matters. Right. I didn't get to 25. I got to 20. And so by thinking that way, none of this matters. Right. The circular way is thinking, right. I got to 20. I didn't get to 25, but I got to 20. Like, right. that's awesome. That's something I want to do a better job teaching my kids when they have goals is that don't focus on the end goal, but like the process of getting there, right? And these little wins along the way, because if they don't get that goal of, I want to score eight goals in my soccer match and win the tournament, and then they don't, you know, they feel absolutely worthless. And it's like, well, dude, you got to the tournament though. You guys, you worked hard to get there, right? Look at all this stuff you did every day, waking up to get to this point, to do the work, to put in the drills, all that stuff. Like, right. let's, let's not think linearly, let's think more circularly. Right. And I think that goal is good to have because it, it gives us something to aim for and something to achieve for. But we have to realize that goal is just part of the process too. as you as you like get on the circle, get in that hamster wheel and start working it. Yeah, yeah. But if not, we're not even going to be willing to get in there and start trying. Yeah. So push your kids, right? Push them to do these uncomfortable things. Yeah, I really encourage them, right? And then show them how proud you are with for their courage, for you doing. know, and acknowledge their feelings. If they say, I'm really worried, don't Oh, you don't need to be worried. Yeah. So just be like, why? Why are you worried? What What do you think's the worst that's going to happen? What, yeah. right? And like, is that in the? I'm going to trip and fall on the stage, and I'm going to forget my lines. <laughs> and yeah, that might happen. But then, what's going to happen next? What do you do if that happens? Yeah, How do right. you handle that? Yeah. yeah, very good. So I think going back to like we are in control of our thoughts mm -hmm. is the really important thing that I wanted to drive home here. Um, so like if we think that like I'm a terrible mother or I'm not good at organization, I'm not very smart, making friends is hard for me, right? Like our brain wants to prove whatever we think to be right. It doesn't want to be wrong. So mm -hmm. if you are thinking these negative thoughts about yourself, then your brain's going to find evidence for them to be true. Sure. And so what we what I like to teach people is even if we haven't hit that goal yet, or even if we're not, you know, graduated from high school yet or whatever we think will make us be more confident, we don't have to wait until we accomplish that thing to start feeling confident because feeling confident comes from our thoughts. Yeah. So if we practice thinking those better thoughts about ourselves, then we can be confident no matter what the circumstances are because yeah. we are the ones in control of our thoughts. So pick the good thoughts. Exactly. Right? They're just as, as, um, I guess a story like yeah. you don't like when your daughter's you don't know if she's going to get the lead, yeah. but she also doesn't know if she's not even going to get in the play. True. So if you're approaching it of, I might get the lead, I might, you know, get, or I might not even make it. But if you're telling yeah. yourself you might not make it, how think about the confidence level and the way you're going to hold yourself and the way you're going to audition. If you think you don't have a chance yep. and either way is a story. Cause she doesn't know the ending, yeah. whether she's going to get it or not. So just feel those thoughts that can make you feel brave and motivated yeah. and courageous so that you can get out there and do what you want to do. I think one of the only, my, my dad, I long story, but <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot out of this being his kid. Uh, but that's a whole, I'll, that, I'll say that for my therapist. But one thing <laughs> I do remember he told me was when I was trying out for the seventh grade baseball team down in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, and I was stressed out, right? I was like, because there was like 112 kids trying out for like a 15 roster spot. 
And uh, the way the coach was doing it, which was a horrible way to do it, is he had like five teachers from the campus just come, no, like some no baseball experience. And he lined up everyone and he let them, he pitched three balls and then he threw them two grounders to everyone. And then the five teachers like, and he told us he was going to do this. And, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, I got like Miss Durham from English that's going to see how well I like field grounders and they were going to all mark a scale one to five. And then he was going to take the top five numbers added up. And that was going to be the team. So I'm stressed out because I'm like, dude, what if he pitches me crap balls and I can't hit these. Right. And I'll remember my dad. said I was, I was stressed. Like, I mean, I remember the stress moments like that one. I'll never forget the night before. And all he said is he said, you know what? Stop worrying about the tryouts. He's like, just go out there and, and act like you're already on the team. Go play like you're in the team. Go feel the grounders. Talk to the coach. Talk to the other people. Hold yourself like you've already made it, and you're there just practicing now. Now, did I make the team? No. That's okay. (laughs) You should have gone to Gilbert. I would have made the team. Oh, yeah, geez. Yeah. But but I I, I won't forget that, that, you know, the – the confidence, the feeling of, you know what, let's just not worry about this like huge goal of if I don't make this team, I will never be able to survive. I will never be okay with myself. Well, and you probably had a way better experience at tryouts showing up as if you've already made the team, right? I and did. you're like, I, I did it. I know that I tried. Like the, th- yeah. the story you told yourself was probably so much better. It was. I remember talking to the coaches, the couple coaches and the other players like, why are you guys so stressed out? Like, dude, this is just practice. Like, we got a game on Saturday. <laughs> now, I felt stupid when I was walking home and seeing them still practice because I didn't, you know, he threw me crap balls. That's his fault, not mine. I'm right. not, I can't hit it if it's in the dirt. Throw a ball waist high, you know? I, two pitches were in the ground. Anyways, that's a long story. So let, let's continue on this. <laughs> All right, so I think we talked about the first step. So the second step, I'm just hitting something. Sorry. The second step is building our confidence is to work on changing our thoughts about ourselves, as I kind of mentioned. So it's totally normal or easy to think that you're bad at math or you're uncoordinated or, you know, you're not a good mom or whatever you're thinking on your playlist. But what are the results of, you know, thinking that thing kind of like you? What would be the results of you thinking that you're going to miss the ball or they're going to give you, you know, or you're going to. I don't even not know. Make the, not make not the play. Not the team, right. The right. Team. And the results. So for this one, like if you think like you're the bad mom, then you're going to keep being or noticing or doing those things that are you're yeah. attributing to being a bad mom. When you think like, for example, you're bad at math, well, then you're going to struggle at math. You're going to possibly be closed off and not receptive to learn. You're going to tune out during class. So as a result, you're going to continue being bad at math. So instead, what you could think is like, I'm organized sometimes, right? Instead of thinking I'm not organized or organizing is my pitfall, I'm just, I'm organized sometimes. I love that. I love that. Sometimes. Sometimes. And your brain will start to notice the times you are to start building that evidence that you can be more organized than you are. Um, You could even tell yourself like, I'm a good mom or I'm a good student when, And so then you fill in that blank. When I do this, I'm a good mom, right? When I make my kids breakfast or when I show up to class on time and participate once, I'm a good student. Or I don't feel very coordinated, Mm -hmm. but that's okay, right? Because we all have our own strengths and we all have our own weaknesses. So it's okay to not be super awesome in some area. Um, Even like going back to math, you could say math is difficult, but... And then fill in the blank is not difficult for me. Yeah, right? that's a good right? point. Yeah. And really, because we all have our own strengths and weaknesses. And lots of times we try to just focus on our weaknesses yeah. more than our strengths. I've said that to my daughter. My oldest is so good at things, but not math. And it's been like that forever, no matter what we do. 
And after, I don't know, maybe a year or two, I mean, we had her in summer tutoring and things like that. One of those places that are just the most depressing places on earth. <laughs> and she hated it. And you know what? It took a little bit, but then finally I looked at my wife. I said, you know what? She's not going to be good at math and who cares? Because guess what? One day she'll get a smartphone, not till at least college, right? <laughs> That'll do the math for her. For sure. But when I made that conscious deci- uh, decision to say, it's okay that your daughter can't do math that well and she sucks at it and she's probably going to do season B's in math. I, it changed how I parented her. Right. Uh, I, I wasn't putting stress on her that she didn't need. She was already stressing herself out with everything else. Like why add the stress to make her feel like, okay, as, as beautiful and amazing you are as a human and as a singer and as a sister and as a friend, I need you to ace math too. Like, come on. Right. That's and way too much That pressure. just gave her that permission, I'm sure, too, to just be like, I oh, can, yeah. I can, like, they can breathe in math class and be like, I can figure this out or I can ask for help yes. or, and just that anxiety or I that, saw, that I pressure saw that is come released. off her shoulders when she said, because that, she hated school because of that. She hated parent teacher conferences because she knew the teacher was going to say oh Avery's got this this she's doing good here but math is here and you need to work on it right so one eighth of her day well in just the school yeah. day or one sixth of the school day it's or like, however long yeah. it is makes her not enjoy and, the, the and whole one, one of her teachers was stressing us out about it they're like you know what maybe you should put her in you know like uh hold her back for math or resource math where you know and that you hear resource you're like oh shoot i don't want to be in the resource class why not and i taught resource for many years it's amazing it's my yeah. favorite spot but parents freak out about right, it because they want right. their kids to be you know and honors everything again because if they had confidence in themselves That's they the would thing. want to do whatever they could to make their kids feel confident yeah. but instead i don't want to admit that they're in resource yeah. That's so. where we realize though that it's okay and, and, and they don't need to be the best at everything. So stop stressing them out about acing everything. Right. Because, right. I mean, because if we believe those negative things about ourselves, again, we'll find evidence. And if we believe the positive, we're going to find yeah. positive. So why not allow her to focus on what she is good at, what she can do yeah. to help foster some of that 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 self-esteem and that positive self-image in a lot of ways of what she can if do. She, if she hits her goal of wanting to be a Broadway star, like I don't know how much math she needs. Right. For if that, not, so. she'll hire someone to help her, she'll, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she can ask Siri. There, there we go. You. Yeah, yes, you yeah, that too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so one thing I would um, for encourage for everyone, but like even your daughter, is just create that list, like that can-do list. Yep. What you can do, start allowing like your brain this. to see and focus that okay. like focus on those things. So all of the things that you can do, the things that you're confident in, the things that you like about yourself, yes. focus on that at least as much as you focus on your negative playlist, like give them equal airtime. You're, you're saying going they to. should, you should have your kids write these down. Yes. Okay. Right. Write them down, actually think about it. And so when they're having that hard day, be like, okay, you just gave me 10 minutes of, I, I suck at math, this and this, the kids were mean to me. Yes. I see all that. Now you go 10 minutes and read that list or write down 10 things that you can do that you're good at and at least give it equal airtime, yeah. right? Because I know our brains, hopefully one day will just be this positive, amazing human brain, but we do let the negatives sneak in. Yeah. And so if you have this can-do list, hopefully the point is that you will eventually start to let the negatives keep looping, stop looping on that playlist and yeah. you'll allow the positives to be what's you know, what's played most, you know, how you have your most played songs sure, and that's yeah. what, have those be your most played the songs. The ones that make you happy, right? Yeah. Those yeah. Are, and just like the negative, be like, skip, 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 skip. Alexa, yeah. skip. Yeah. Do you, do you, are you a believer of visual affirmations where people put them on the wall? They write little post-it notes that say, Hey, 
you're going to do great, things like that for themselves. And they read it, put, I mean, they put sticky notes on their mirrors. What are your, yeah. Um, yes and no. And here's what I have to say about that. I think they can be great as long as you believe it. Yeah. So if it's like you are the prettiest girl in the whole universe, but your brain's going, no, you're not. No. Right. So then what's the point of it? Because then your brain's just constantly feeding your, you're wrong. It's not true. But what if you said you're a confident person? Yeah. Or what if you said you have great hair? Yeah. If you can start to believe, or if you can start to believe it or do believe it, put it on your mirror. And what I try to teach people is kind of like that ladder mantra or the ladder thought is what I call it. Like you may not believe the top unicorn thought, like you're the prettiest girl in the universe, but can you believe that you are the prettiest girl in your house or the prettiest girl on your block or something that you can believe? And it may just be that you're a girl, right? Just I'm a girl, right? And I am a girl. Yeah. Just, can you believe it? Yep. Your brain practices that. Then the next day or the next week, it can be like, I'm a girl that wants to enjoy her eye color. Yeah. And you start to just start to want to enjoy your eye color. And then you just keep working, working till you have that mantra that really does give you that confidence to be able to go out there and, and, and walk down the street like you are the prettiest girl. Awesome. I'm taking notes because I've got three daughters at home and <laughs> we try our hardest. I mean, we want them to be confident in themselves because they're going to leave our house one day and have to go face the world. And my, one of my biggest goals of my wife is that we want our kids to know that they don't need anyone to tell them who they are. Right. Or, or, or take value. I mean, I want, I, we want our kids when people know who they are to say, Hey, they're very kind, loving people. Like I trust them. They're awesome people, but I don't want them to have to take their validation from anyone in a world where more and more kids are getting all of their worth from external sources, which is horrible. Right. You want their value to come intrinsically from inside. And really that is, we don't, it takes time, takes practice to start to believe these things in ourselves, right? Yeah. It doesn't come naturally, unfortunately, but we spend so much time thinking way highly of other people or in self-comparison to other people that we don't spend time thinking about our own abilities, yeah. like what we can do. We only see, especially with the media and social media, we see all the amazing things they're doing and be like, well, I don't do that. I yeah. didn't make bread this quarantine. I didn't do that. <laughs> right. And instead of going, but I did this and this yeah. and this. And so we need to make sure we are taking the time to really recognize and spend time on our own abilities and capabilities and really value those because they're going to be different for everyone. Big time. Yeah. No more worrying about impressing everyone else. Was it Morgan Freeman? I read a quote the other day. Some, you can always say it's Morgan Freeman. Right. Right, I was going to say probably. Abraham Lincoln once (laughs) said, but it was something about um, like caring about impressing people. Oh, he said, never take for, what was it? Never worry about impressing someone you never take advice from. Something like that. And how we, because I get in this too. I mean, I've got a big following on social media and usually I, people are pretty positive, but I get some sour grapes. Right. I get some, you know, annoying people who will just just decide to ruin my day. And it does, <laughs> right? Like I don't have the thickest of skin. That's okay. Uh, and they'll just reach out and say something stupid just to make me feel bad, right? And I'm like, gosh, and it doesn't matter. Like, and I think as, as parents, we need to realize too that a hundred people could tell you something positive and one person says something they don't like about you and it almost negates the hundred, Right. Right. For a lot of people, it's hard. Some people can, and I, I love those people who are like, ah, screw that. I can't. But, uh, but we got to somehow teach our kids that. Well, and sometimes I even like to say, well, is it true? So let's say they yeah. said your voice is annoying on your podcast. Amen. Right. You could be like, well, maybe they just said your voice is annoying. How about that? And you're just like, yeah. 
there are times when it is annoying. It annoys myself. It, it's annoying when I yell. It's annoying when I- You sound like my wife. Right, but but I'm just saying like, are, could it be true? And then it's so much easier to rub off. Like, yeah, my voice is annoying sometimes because yeah. our we whatever someone says to us is probably true in some capacity at some point in their life. And so it's like, yeah, and you just own it. You know, yeah. like, yep, yeah, my voice is annoying. Sorry that you find it annoying, but yeah, you're right. It can be. Yeah. And you can just- I don't, no one said my voice is annoying yet. <laughs> Well, I was trying Everything to think else. of something else. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, maybe it is annoying for me to tell people that social media can ruin kids' lives because then you feel like you're doing something wrong as a parent. So, of course. Yeah. Of course Don't it's annoying. Me. Yeah. Right? Or whatever they're So, in a situation you. with your kids. So, let's say you've got a boy who's super depressed because, and I, kids tell me these messages all the time. I'm trying to think of one I just barely got. So let's let's say uh, you know your fourteen year old son comes home and he and he's telling you you know he looks sad and depressed because someone said something to him at school, uh, who said you know you're fat or ugly or who knows what right? Uh, how do you what do you say to them in this situation with that same train of thought right? Um, let's say you could just say well you know what exactly did they say? That's he really said, important. Yeah, he said he said he freaking hated my fat face and he said I look like a like I've got you know a goiter. In my neck or something. <laughs> yeah. And maybe then you can break it up. What's a goiter in your neck? What does that even look like? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Like really factually, like, like, but like, like you, you pointed to yourself, but yeah, but what does that kid mean? What are you interpreting that to yeah. mean? You know, and then that's when you can figure out like, and do you want to care what that person says? And is it true? Do you is have a true? goiter on that's your neck? Right. Yeah. And, and, and you, maybe your face is not as thin as you want it to be, but does that mean that it's, you know, you're going to let him ruin yeah. like your day or whatever because he thinks you have a fat face. Like, do you care? Like, yeah. I was literally is he mood the, is he at the in high school. Is he yeah. the CEO of, of yeah. face structure? Like, yeah, right. And without even being like negative or like making that person be less than two, but just, you know, just being like, do you want to believe that's true? Or what is it really? So, here's the thing. When they come home and tell you that, yeah. it's usually not that that they're worried about. It might be like their grade in math. Something else. And so sometimes it's like, what do you think? when they said that and how did that make you feel? Yeah. Right. And so do you, and then is that really what you're worried about? And so if you can just, instead of being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that. How rude and judge that kid. Yeah. You just kind of sit in the facts and sit in the emotions and sit in the feelings of your child. And then hopefully most of the time it opens up a dialogue to what really is bothering them. Yeah. Kids aren't very good at transmitting their pain or transforming it. So a lot of times when they're, ticked off about something else. It's really just hiding something yes. else. You're trying to get the routine. We've talked a lot about during the COVID, you know, the kids are yeah. freaking out over fourth grade math, but I'm like, talk to your kids about it. Yeah. Just cause math is in front of them and they're giving you the attitude about math. It may be that they're worried that you're going to get it and die or that they yeah. miss their friends or yeah. it's rarely about the thing right in front of them. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit deeper. So just don't react in a, in a super negative or a super positive way. Just be calm, take a deep breath and be like, okay, yeah, you know, Tell me what was going on, what happened, and find out the facts and the neutrality of it. One of my favorite things to do is just ask something that's completely ridiculous. <laughs> because if you do that two or three times, then they're like, no, dad, fine, it's this, you know. <laughs> what? What's wrong? Are you Are you okay? Did, did, did you lose a toe last night? What happened? Did your teeth fall out in a dream? No. You just keep asking ridiculous things. And I then do finally that, you yeah. just tell you like, okay, what it really is. It's this, right. I do that with my clients all the time. I say, I take them on this journey of like yeah. two sets of thoughts where like, you know, they're like, I don't have enough money to pay for my kids stuff. I'm like, well, you could sell a kid, you know, you could. And, yeah. and I, and they're obviously their brains like, no. So yeah, you give them like these 
outlandish, crazy to maybe even really yep. helpful advice. And their brain will land like where like, oh, okay, this feels good. This yeah. feels like, like they're allowed to, they're able to think creatively, cre- creatively. There Crit- you go. Yeah. Um, when you kind of throw out the silly, like, like, I, I call toe. it the reduction to the ridiculous. <laughs> yes, right? yes. Start ah, as go f- go name. left, right, as ridiculous as you possibly can, uh-huh. and then they'll usually land somewhere. Cool. In the I didn't have a term for it. Now I knew. <laughs> but I'm like, we're gonna go Just here, and you're up. gonna think I'm crazy. But yeah. we do. We land on what, and that way they they feel that comfortable. No, it's not my toe. No, it's not that because their brain may not have really known. And so when you yeah, and so when you go crazy, them. it allows the creativity in the brain to really check into like, oh, it's not my toe because I still have it, but it is you know, the girl that sits next to me in math or whatever. Cool. Very good. All right. I think we're on to the third step. Are we ready? Yeah. For that? Third step. Taking I'm taking notes. notes? I am, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So the third step of just like building our confidence, and this is a good one. It's being willing to fail, right? Mm. Being willing to be the beginner at something. Because yeah. again, like go back into musical theater, like your kids had to be the first, it had to be their first audition at some time. Right. Or yeah. even like math, like it's the first time you're learning that one thing every day in math is like the first. Sure. right? Yeah. So you have to be willing to be the beginner and be okay with that because then that allows you to start. But if you're always like, what if I fail or what if I'm not good at it, then you're not even going to start. So that's the first thing is just yeah. being willing to fail because that's totally normal in life. Like we yeah. all fail. That's like part of our journey. So if we know that, right, everyone's yeah. going to fail at some point. Knowing that, but not letting it stop you from like achieving and practicing your self-confidence in yourself. Is there, there's that, what, what, cause I know there is, I don't want to bait this question. What <laughs> is there value? Yes, there is. Let me say, what is the value of forcing our kids to be put in situations we know they're not going to succeed? Hmm. Well, you said the word force. So I'm like, ooh, do I like meaning, that word? Meaning giving them opportunities. Giving them opportunities yeah. to try new things that we know they're not going to be that good at. Yeah. That we know might shake their self-esteem, right? right. But in a, but in a way where they need this, though. They need, yeah. we bubble wrap our kids so right. much. We don't want to expose them to things that they might not be good at right. because how are they going to live? How They're going to be sad. Right. I don't want to make it to be sad. Well, and what, the I'm a thing bad is, the, what if we're wrong? Yeah. What if we thought that they were going to fail? What if we thought that they didn't really have a chance yeah. and then they make it? This actually happened to my daughter. She tried it for the tennis team, had no really experience in tennis. Yeah. And in Mapleton, where I live, it's they golf and tennis are kind of sure. big things. And, people, and she made it. And I was so proud of her. But before, you know, during trials, I was like, oh, no, like, what's it going to do? Right. And I had all this. Oh, oh but, you know, she was just like, I'm going to try and I'm going to do it. And, I, and sh- then she made it. And she had such a great time. So yeah. the value is what if we're wrong? Yeah, yeah. You know, we are only limiting them by thinking, oh, what they might fail. But yeah. anything they do, they might just going to school. They might yeah. trip, trip and you know, fall and lose all of their books in their backpack, <laughs> or they might not get the lead in the school play, but yeah, yeah. they could always fail. So and, if, I, and if she didn't get, if she didn't make it, the conversation then isn't, oh my gosh, that sucks so bad. And call the coach and be like, how dare you not pick my daughter? Don't you know who we are? Like a lot of parents do. Yeah. It's just saying, what? Well, saying, you know what? I am so proud that you even tried out. I mean, you, most of these kids have been in like tennis camps for years like the fact you even tried out is amazing let's go get some ice cream right right Right. and and same thing with if they if you use the word force but like before they go do something be like will you just i just want you to try out i just want you to do this thing for me and i know it might be really hard but what we're going to learn from this maybe isn't the word not the best but maybe we're going to learn that we like it but we didn't think we would or maybe we're going to learn that we know we don't really like it but that's okay too yeah. Right. So, and I would say, if you really feel like this is something you want to do for your kids, what if you do something together? 
So okay. something that you're both like not good, not at. good at, or like <laughs> I've never played tennis child. Yeah. So let's go take tennis. And that she and I did like a, a lady in our neighborhood was just doing like come on Thursdays and yeah. in the summer. So I'd never really played tennis or had a racket in my hand. So we went together. And so, and then you can really talk up the, I've never done this before. I hope I can learn or I'm going to try yeah. really hard to listen and really model our thought processes like that. so that they can hear it. And then, and don't go and don't be the dad or mom who does that and breaks their racket over their knee. And you know, that's my dad would do <laughs> if we'd go golfing, he'd go buy brand new golf club. And then he'd hit like two bad balls and he'd break the club over his knee or he'd throw it to me and say, this club sucks. And I was like, Oh man, these clubs suck. When all he was doing is showing me modeling horrible behavior, right? Right. Instead of taking it and being like, maybe I'm not the best today or maybe I'm off my game or maybe golf is, I don't need to play it to be the best. What am I doing out here? Like, and and I think the golf, it's, it's fun to win. I'm competitive too and played sports, but it's also fun to be out there on the course doing other stuff too. Like there's an, I guess there's an, I've never played golf. There's another reason though you're out there. It's not just. To, yeah. To, you know, so what if we suck at golf? Like at least we're not at home talking to people and working, right? Yeah, we're just enjoying the time. So yeah. can you enjoy it without having to be the best? I like that. And I think it's because we do things or we don't do things because of how we think other people are going to perceive us. So yeah. for for your dad, like of course we don't know what was going through his head, but he was perceiving that other people thought that he wasn't good at it. Yeah. And so it was That's way it was. way easier for him to blame the golf clubs. But just think about. <laughs> What they were think, what yeah. we forget is what are they going to think about us when I act like a weirdo and break the golf club and say, oh, yeah. and your daughter. Parents, man, <laughs> parents, do we realize how much we screw up our kids oh. by this stuff? My no, gosh. we don't. We just try our best too. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. really, that's I mean, I know you're saying that with tongue in cheek and it's true, but yeah. we just know what we know. Yeah. And so we're just trying our best. And so your dad just, he didn't know what he was doing he just thought oh i and he was he really, really good believed at every, it i think part of, uh, he was good at everything he was good at everything else right he played really uh, star baseball star basketball player in high school and then he picked up this thing called golf because he couldn't play those other sports again and sucked at golf and didn't he yeah didn't have the confidence and so he thought it was not everyone's fault but his own but I scored some good golf clubs out of that too. Some yeah, of them are so you're broken. Like, but just hate them all, Dad. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that club is really bad, Dad. I used to end up doing that too. I'm like, I'm like, dude, that club is shanking for you. I don't know what. Maybe it's like crooked. Maybe that. Cl- I think it's probably too. I don't think it fit works for you. And then he throw it to me, and I'm like, yes. <gasps> yeah. Flip it. Don't on take eBay. advantage of people's lack of self confidence, guys. That's what we're learning here. Is that the point of this? No. No. Awesome. No. But you know, if you can get new clubs out of it, I guess so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I. Well, I think also, let's see, I'm trying to think I've probably mentioned everything, but yeah, I don't know, probably lots of things I haven't, but just remember that like, sometimes we're afraid to do things because we're um, scared that we're going to fail, mm-hmm. but that doesn't bring real happiness, you know? So let's say we were too scared to try out for the school play and you think, okay, that's what I wanted to do because the fear was so real to try out. But then when you see the school play actually being performed, you feel that same feeling because man, I should have been there. It would have been so much fun. So you have like a regret and you have a nervousness and a scaredness and all of that. So if you're going to feel like, I guess negative feelings are not necessarily always negative or positive, but you know, those feelings that don't, that you're not wanting to feel, then just go out there and be scared and see what happens and see if you do make the play and then you can enjoy it rather than being in the audience, watching it, wishing that you did because that confident person, they're willing to start and they don't know the outcome. Yeah. 
but not knowing no matter what, they're going to learn and they're grow. They're going to learn, they're going to grow. And even if they don't reach like the highest thing and they just make the ensemble, yeah. and hopefully there's a bunch of theater nerds in here that they know what we're talking about. That right? means you don't get a part, but you get to sing all the songs. Yeah. And, and you get to do all the dancing and it's actually exhausting. And you might get like four different parts. <laughs> yeah. Right? All these costume changes. Yeah. They're actually very busy, but yeah. sometimes you're like, I don't want to be on the ensemble. But when my kids get it, they actually have a lot of fun because you get it's to so be four fun. different characters and, and four different costumes. It's way less stressful. That's true. Lens, yeah. yeah. So basically, but you still obtain a goal of trying out. That was it. That was the goal. And then trying out and getting a part is one. And then trying out and getting the lead is another. Like, so notice like our goals can have steps. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, if I was to try out, heaven forbid, but it would not to be getting the full, like <laughs> it would just be hopefully that I could be the person that the ensemble held the ensemble's clothes sure. so that they knew what to you know, put on it for the next yeah. time. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's important to make sure that everything's a win right? Let's, let's stop making the starting this or the lead this as the win, right? Your, your kid makes ensemble, your kid makes the team, they sit the bench. They let's make those little things wins. I, I think, and I always come back to social media as the destroyer. I mean, it's a great tool, but as the destroyer of everything good in life, <laughs> especially with our kids, because again, it just focuses so much on got to be the best at everything. And here's one thing why, and I want parents to understand this because the kids tell me this directly. I, I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. My Facebook business page has a lot more, but 5,000 is the most Facebook will give you. And so I've got like 5,000 friends on. And so I have this huge net, this huge sample size of people posting stuff. And over the last two months with quarantine, I've had more time. And so I've been scrolling through Facebook more and seeing a lot of people, most people, I don't know any of them, but from <laughs> all the places, so a great sample size. And one thing I notice is that so many people will only post stuff about their kids if they just won something. Birthdays, they just won something or they just graduated or accomplished something, right? And it's and it's and it's sad to watch because kids will tell me. Uh, I had a 14, 15-year-old girl at a high school I went to. She once told me, she said, you know what, I, I want to tell you, like, the social media is not affecting me so much, but my gosh, my mom, I wish she was here. She said this. She said, my mom has just lost a ton of weight, and she worked really hard for it, but she just lost a ton of weight over the last few months, and she posts these before and after photos of her journey, and she follows people that it's all they post. And she said, I only see her happy when she posts these photos, and everyone chimes in and says, oh, my gosh, look at you. You're doing amazing. You've lost all this weight. And she only posts stuff about me on her Facebook when I've won a swim match. She said, if I get second place or under, she won't post it. And this girl's 14, 15, and she's noticed that she's caught wow. on that yeah. her mom will only share that. And I said, how does that make you feel? And she said, well, uh, it makes me feel like I am never going to be good enough unless I am the best on my team. I said, does that make you want to swim harder? She says, no, it makes me want to quit. Oh, yeah. And I saw her because she worked at the pool the next year, and she uh, she's she quit the team. She just she just does uh, work at the swimming pool, and uh, so I think parents please realize that uh, one thing I did uh, last year, my uh, second was uh, daughter Quincy was on the bas uh, like a club basketball team, and they lost in the championship game, literally like fifty eight to four. It was a blowout. They played kids that looked like they were nine years older <laughs> than them. It was at least fifty eight to four. We took a photo afterwards. We're cheering. We got our two fingers up in the air. And I post that photo. I'm like, my daughter just lost the championship game 54 to two to 58 to four, but she scored 50% of the points on her team. I'm not going to, yeah. 
And I, I and she loved this. She's like, oh my gosh, you're going to post that? That's so funny. Like, we totally got destroyed. Right, because you're telling her, I'm proud of you yeah. for being out there. I'm You've proud of you there. for trying. So parents, yeah. gosh, you want to help your kids' self-esteem? Share, if you're going to share, share photos of when they're not being awesome all the time, right? Which is never though, right? Yeah, which is never. Kids yeah. are always perfect. Always, yeah. I think it's it's important for us to remember that like self-confidence is an attractive tool for influence, right? Like if that mom was self-confident, then she would just influence that child to be more self-confident. Yep. So it's, and I, sometimes we think that the self-confidence person is that loud person, the outgoing person, the student body president, sure. that person was just really high energy or like that popular person or even like the bossy know-it-all type person. But the self-confident person can be very quiet. They yeah. can also be reserved. Sometimes they, the loudest people are the least confident. You, you Unfortunately, yeah. it, it tends to feel that way, right? Yeah. But I think that we, what we remember is the self-confident person is able to admit when they don't know something yeah. or when they have just failed or when they don't have the right answer. Just It's more self-confident to be like, hey, dad, I really want to try out for that, but I'm really afraid I'm going to to not make the team or I'm really afraid of this or, but then they're willing to try anyways, even yeah. though it feels really scary. So the self-confident person just has cur like courage to be able to do things that the self-absorbed, you know, whatever person is not willing to do. Awesome. Very good. Um, so I'm taking notes on this. So in, in summary, if we were going to sum this all up, um, is there any, any specific take home messages? I mean, what we've talked a lot, what parents can do, what parents are doing right, what parents are doing wrong. But is there any take home message? If a parents are, if, if, if a lady, if a mom comes up to you and she says, my daughter has no self-esteem, she thinks she's worthless and she's like beauty pageant and she's the best on this and she's this and she still is lacking self-esteem. What do you say? I say, what do you think about you, mom? Yeah. <laughs> but really understanding the difference between self-confidence and arrogance, right? And really instilling yeah. that. Because if our kids say, oh, I'm really good at that, we might be like, oh, be quiet. Shh, shh. You know, like we don't say that out loud or we something. We don't boast. Yeah. And yeah. so just knowing that's just them believing they're good at something. And there's no downside for them to believe that. So honestly. you believe it's okay for kids to like trash talk when they're playing basketball? Be like, oh, yeah, what's up? Yeah, I crushed you. Like, that's okay, right? Well, I don't know. If, like, or? Well, I'm just saying like if they're like, you know, I'm like this. I've always noticed the difference between between boys and girls, a boy comes home from like, you know, trying out and they're like, I crushed, I totally yeah. made the team. And a girl comes home and they've been varsity player for the last two years. They're a yeah. senior. How did it go? I don't know. I might not make it. Like, yeah, I'm geez. not, I'm not really not gender specific, but because I'm a girl, I always know. So the girls are always like, I'm not going to make it. I don't think. And the boys Too are like, I crushed themselves. it. I'm totally on the team. Yeah. Right. What is the negative of thinking that you crushed tryouts? Right. Even if you don't make None. the team, you're like, man, I crushed it. They obviously didn't see what I saw. Oh, yeah. well, right. And you don't make it mean that you are no longer good or valuable in a certain area because you didn't maybe make the team. So, but to answer your question, I would really just, for that mom, I would say really uncover, like for all of us, understand the difference between self-confidence and arrogance, right? Mm -hmm. And and how it's, there's no downside or negative to think that we're good at things. Yeah. Then practice, you know, just, or be, I guess, become aware of your thoughts. Like, what are they? What are you playing on a loop about yourself that you're not good at, that you're not, you'll never do this. You'll won't ever achieve this and become aware of those and then practice changing them Yep. so that you get the results that you want in life, right? Like exact, like where I could be math or good at math, but I'm also really good at this. So that's okay. And just really owning those, those better thoughts because our brain doesn't want to produce those naturally. Yeah. We really have to tr practice and try. Um, hmm. and let's see, let's see. Oh, oh, another thing is just knowing that you can think that no matter what, like whether you make the team or not, 
you can still think you're good at that certain sport. Yeah, right? You don't not? have to, ha- like, you could think you're a great singer, even if Simon Cowell hasn't said that deemed that you have been, yeah, right? Yeah. You can just think you are because you want to be. That's like, we can think whatever we want. So as long as it's producing a positive result in yourself and, and making you want to be better and strive to do more things, then it can't hurt you. But the only thing that can hurt you is believing those negative things yeah. that you have about yourself. So, so, so good stuff. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I think uh, for parents, I think this would be great for them to listen to. Listen to with their kids as well. Right, right. I think that we can Do go it through together. this, bring them through. Yeah, and just really model and demonstrate those positive thoughts yeah. for them and then have these conversations with them. Like, what do you think about your friends? What do you think about you? Yeah. What do you think about the people around you? And allow them to discover these thoughts for themselves because as I mentioned, it, they may not really realize those are the thoughts floating around in their heads yeah. about them. What are your thoughts on pointing out more uh, the things that your kids don't like about themselves or you know they're lacking self-esteem about certain things about their, themselves either as a person or in their life or how they look? Uh, is there any value in like kind of subtly bring up how awesome you love that part about them every once in a while? Uh, you know, like my, my second daughter, Quincy is super athletic, but she's so short and she hates, and she she cries about sometimes how short she's like, I'm never going to grow. Like I still have baby teeth. I'm going to be in seventh grade. I'm the, I'm the shortest one in school. Uh, I found myself when she's playing basketball, things like that. When we're out shooting hoops, I'm like, you know what I love is like when, when you're as short as you are, like you are like the quickest little kid and you could dribble between their legs. Like, is there value in that? Or am I giving her a false sense of whatever am I is that going to come no, back I mean I think you're allowing her to own that there are value to her traits although maybe yeah. the rest of the world is like yeah but the short person but the shortest person is the guard and yeah. so maybe you're just saying like I have daughters that aren't terribly as tall as they would want to be in volleyball I'm like then let's work on being a setter because yeah. the setter tends to be the shorter person yeah. you know on the team and so just allowing them to be like it doesn't mean it's a fail all that she can't be successful but owning like okay so Maybe you shouldn't try out to be the post. I mean, you totally can, but here's what a post does versus here's what a guard does. And so I think you might make a fantastic guard. And so let's work on these skills for a guard and just let them know it's still a possibility because anything's possible. Right. Awesome. She might get that growth spurt. I grew six inches my freshman year. So you never She's know, praying right? for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want her to, I say, I don't want you to grow. I love you when you're being short. I, I don't want you to grow up and get tall and then leave one day. We don't want that That's to happen. That's true. That's true. I do, but yeah, maybe yeah. you don't. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do people find out more information about what you do as far as coaching and teaching about this stuff? Um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Most of the time is where I hang out the most. Um, so it's just organized with an ED. So organized life dot coach. Um, Facebook is Siri pain coaching and then website is the same organized life dot coach. So they can check me out there and get some more information from there. I think this is such, I think this is such a huge, huge piece of parenting. Uh, why I'm such a huge advocate of delaying social media, especially for girls until they feel more confident in themselves, which is after middle school and early, like later high school, give your girls a chance to love themselves and find out who they are before they get on TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and get inundated by size double zero professional models constantly with all the likes is delay that as long as you can. And I promise you, you'll see a huge change in their confidence. That's what we're talking about today. Thank you so much. My guest are you paying for joining me today on the Colin Carson podcast. I'm going to release this here pretty soon. Uh, Thank you for all of uh, those who are listening. Go home, go give your kids a second hug and stay safe. We'll see you next time. Thank you.